Imagine that untrue allegations appear on an Internet site about your business tanking it. The site refuses to take them down, but instead offers to sell you a reputation management service to clean up the problem at a hefty price. The powerful free speech protections for the Internet have allowed this to happen in some cases. Joining me is Bloomberg Businessweek writer Dune Lawrence, who wrote about ripoffreport.com and Dr. John Pittman's battle with it. Dune, tell us about what happened to John Pittman. Uh, hi, June. Thanks for having me. Um, so Dr. Pittman is a plastic surgeon, and he practices in Virginia. And in 2013, these complaints started to appear on ripoff report about him and his practice. And some of them had names on them, but they I don't know that they were real names. And some of them were just anonymous. Um, and they all they said all these things saying he was a drug addict, his business was tanking, he perjured himself in a trial against his ex-wife and taken money for it. There's just a lot of really seamy allegations. So if you, and they appeared high up in his, in search results on his name and on the name of his practice. Um, So if you're considering plastic surgery, you're probably not going to go to him. Uh, So, and his business did tank after that. Now he has filed suit saying that all of those, all of those complaints, everything was false. But that when he approached the website called Ripoff Report to tell them that it was false and all of those were false and to ask them to have it taken down, they told him they couldn't do that, but they could charge him money and they would make them go away and turn them positive. And in your, in your um, article, you say that according to in-house counsel Annette Beebe, we don't want to assume that because somebody wrote something really outlandish, it's false because it might be true. And once a complaint goes up, it stays there unless you pay this. And tell us about this service that they offer. So there are ways. They so they there are ways to make the to make the report go lower down in search results. And I think what happens is uh, you can pay ripoff and to become a member of one of their service programs, and they will sort of review your business themselves. Um, they'll come and do an inspection and take photos, and then so that positive review replaces essentially it, it sits on top of the original negative review um, so that even though you still might have ripoff report in your search results as a business it would be something saying oh this is a trusted business and you should use this service um, and they have the customer's interest at heart um, so tell so, me about oh, tell me about the online free speech under section 230 which is really at, at the heart of this well so the, all of sounds a little bit, you know, from a, if you're just, it sounds a little bit counterintuitive that this would be totally fine to do and also unfair, right? You know, so if something's false, why should, why shouldn't the website just take it down? Um, And the reason for that is that they don't have to. Under something called the Communications Decency Act, Section 230, uh, it was a, it's a law passed in 1996. It immunizes websites from uh, content that third parties, from content from third parties. So basically, if you're a user and you put up a defamatory complaint on this website, the website's not liable for that. You could be, um, but the website's not. Um, but 
you know, it can be very it can be very complicated for businesses to respond to this because, you know, in a situation with ripoff report, they won't take it down. Um, so you basically have to pay them even if it's false. So it sounds and, like a nightmare. Are there any legal avenues? Are there attorneys general looking into this? Are there any lawsuits that have worked? Well, there uh, there are lawsuits. There judges seem to be considering situations in which Section 230 might not apply. Now, Section 230 is still remains a very powerful protection, and and that's good for the internet. Um, but um, there are cases in which judges are considering, well, um, when might other laws apply, like criminal statutes or something? When might the website actually be liable for what they've put for, you know, the content up there? And, and in one particular case that's important for Dr. Pittman's uh, lawsuit, the a, a judge in Iowa it was. It's not a. It's not a final ruling, but he did find in in a preliminary ruling that um, ripoff section two the section two thirty immunity would not apply in that case um, because ripoff essentially had been too involved um, in creating the content. Like they had paid, allegedly paid the man who wrote a lot of the reports, and may also have been involved in writing the reports. Um, now, that is something that the website denies, but the, the judge did say that, you know, at trial, more likely than not, ripoff would not get Section 230 immunity. Well, so this is, as you said, this is really complex, and it's a nightmarish situation that you paint in your article for the people who are subjected to this. And if you want to read more about this, go to Bloomberg Business Week because it is, it's really complex and very interesting. Thank you so much, Dune Lawrence from Bloomberg Business Week, for being with us here on Bloomberg Law. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. Wall Street time. Thanks to our technical director, Chris Tricomi and our producer, David Sucherman. Bloomberg Markets with Carol Master and Corey Johnson starts right now on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg. I'm June Grosso. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for Carol Master and Corey Johnson. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.